Hello and welcome to the Junk Monk Podcast. You are tuning in to part two of the season three recap. So if you haven't already listened to part one, make sure you catch up on that. Otherwise, we're going to continue on with our countdown and discuss our top eight episodes for the third season of Monk. We also have some junk being delivered sometime soon. It's bubble pizza, which I've never tried. So that should be fun. It'll go great with my bubble tea. Oh, oh, that's clever. Oh, I like that. Um, but bubble pizza is really good. So if you want the recipe, just slide into my DMs because you know where to find me. All right, so let's scoot scoot along with Mr. Monk and the Employee of the Month. We are in our top eight episodes. This is going to be my number four episode. And what we're going to do to mix it up is... We're going to say what we disliked first, and then we're going to say what we liked. Okay. So that way we end on a high note. Yes. Okay. So this is Mr. Monk and the Employee of the Month. This is the seventh episode in the third season. In the open, we see an older woman, Edna, entering work early at the Megamart. She happily walks by her 11 Employee of the Month plaques, and when she gets to her locker, she sees a note to meet her in the loading dock. When she enters, immediately a forklift is on a mission to run her down. Eventually, she is taken down by some large flat-screen TVs and dies as a result. Monk is called on the case when an old foe, Joe Christie, calls him to investigate further. The evidence compels Monk to join the case, and he goes really deep undercover as a Megamart employee named Adrian. After a month of hard work, he loses out on Employee of the Month to an unfriendly worker named Jenny. When he learns Edna was killed at the end of the previous month, he starts to suspect she was murdered for the title. One of the prizes for the contest was a front row reserved spot in the parking lot. After seeing the space, Monk recalls Jenny's van being heavy at the end of each workday and hitting a speed bump, while at the beginning of each workday being much lighter without scraping. Jenny was also seen selling tools to two men she pretended not to know. When Monk notices the bank next door, he solves the case. Jenny and her two accomplices were using the parking spot to go down the sewer and were digging their way up to the adjacent bank. Monk catches them when he hears an explosion, runs to borrow a gun from Sporting Goods, throws it to Officer Christie, and he takes out the van tires. The crew is apprehended with Monk and Joe repairing a friendship and saving the day. So that is Mr. Monk and the Employee of the Month. So what did you not like about this episode? There wasn't really a lot I didn't like. There was some things that slightly made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. I just don't like listening to old ladies crying for help. Yeah. That made me sad. Yeah, I that was, was like, no. Yeah. That not was a little the, much. Not the Yeah, lady. and did Jenny even try to be employee of the month, like, before killing her? Like, maybe, I think yeah. she tried, like, I think they mentioned she tries, like, one month. And she's like, eh, nope. Let's just kill her. Yeah, I know. You can't get it off your own merit without being murderers? Like, that was, like, why? Oh, my gosh, these people. Okay, I understand. You're poor. You want money. But do you have to kill somebody to get the money? Just steal the money. Just steal it. Come on. You can do it. Just think a little bit harder. Okay. Here's my thing. Why didn't you just park there after hours? Because the employee (laughs) of the month isn't going to be there. Yeah. After the well, store maybe this. Yeah, maybe the store closes though, like when it's late, since it's like a supermarket, and then it'd be like dark, and then it'd be like really suspicious. But if you're doing it during the day when there's other people oh, and true. it's like bustling, it's like nobody's true. suspecting you doing that. So yeah. My thing would be Monk is wrong about his friend Joe Christie. 
Like, monks always write about everything, but yeah. Joe Christie was not guilty of the crime that Monk says that he was guilty of. I don't know. I thought, I thought that like, was kind of odd. That's one of those times where they, like, pick and choose what Monk is right and not Ex- right about. Exactly. And that's where you're like, eh, okay. I'm like, so is he right about everything? Yeah. It felt like this episode moved a little slow. Yeah, I feel like there's a, like, when he's in the Mega Mart, there's, like, a lot of scenes that are kind of drawn out a little mm-hmm. bit and it's like really like calm but also bustling at the same time it's kind of like a different feel i don't know yeah it was Weird. nice kind of seeing the atmosphere which it did fit for the atmosphere of a retail or grocery store because that is how it is to work there like it's slow yeah but someone eats monk sandwich out of the refrigerator. i know i'm like who did that i want to know who yeah because i don't up. think the main girl cared enough and nobody else, we don't see anybody else. She seems like someone who would punch you if you ate her sandwich. Exactly. So I can't imagine her eating someone else's sandwich. Like, yeah, no. I don't know. That just was weird to me. And I didn't know who it was. And also, he would have noticed before he even opened the thing. Because he re- he would remember how he folded the foil. Oh, that's true. So he would have pulled it out and known, like, oh, no, someone messed my sandwich. Yeah. Um, there's another scene where Mr. Donovan, like, he sees Monk, and he's like, who is that guy when he's working there? I'm mm-hmm. like, aren't you the manager? Aren't Wouldn't you, the you manager? know the employees? Yeah, like, wouldn't you... What did the police have told you? Normally that's what happens. It's like, when someone is going... But I don't think he was even with the police. I think Joe Christie, they're, they made it seem like Joe Christie, like, hired him. Like, the security guard can't hire, hire an employee. I didn't notice that. He wasn't going, I, I don't think he was going undercover with the police because remember it was a month later and uh, he calls Joe Christie himself and is like, hey, I'll take the case. The police have nothing to do with it. So that doesn't make any yeah. sense. That's like, a, I think that's a plot hole there. Uh, yeah. Like how did Monk get the job then? Yeah. Um, this is not something I didn't like, but it's down here. Uh, Benji cut his hair. Oh, hey. Thumbs up. Yay. <laughs> Finally, child. Looked terrible. So, I'm already done with what I didn't like. Yeah, same here. Okay. Um, Benji and his friend giving Monk the puzzles. Oh, that was cute. That was really <laughs> cute. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's like 500, po- or 500 pieces. Let's like let's add more. Let's, let's add, add another more. puzzle. Let's and they add another puzzle. puzzle. That's really cute. He's like, oh, jeez. You can sell tickets to this stuff. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Monk at the Mega Mart... Okay, there's lots of things he does. He tells the customer, deodorant, aisle four. And he's like, <laughs> what? Why would you say that? And he's like, no reason. No reason. <laughs> and then he's also a shoe picker-upper. Like, he uses the shoe. Oh, she uses yeah. a shoe little picker-upper thingy. Yes. And gives people their shoes. Then there's a cleanup on aisle ten. And he's <laughs> like, I got it. That's I me. It. That's, That's me. <laughs> and he runs across the store. Oh. Um, he's talking with the African-American lady and they're folding t-shirts together. She says that she's not a perfectionist. Oh, yeah. And he's like, it's perfectionist. Perfectionist. And she's like, well, I'm not one, so I could say it any damn way I want. I was like, oh, gosh. And then also, when he's riding on the cart, when he pushes it outside and he puts his chest out (laughs) and his arms are back behind him so he doesn't have to touch it, I'm like... That's how everyone should be riding around on these things. Oddly looked like he was having fun working at the mart. 
He did. Yeah. He had, just... he had fun. It was like when he goes to the office, everything's very organized. And yeah. he's like, all right, I'm going to put this here. I'm going to price this here. Price, price, price. Everything's got an order to it. All the things that mm-hmm. everyone else sees as mundane and boring, that's like his wheelhouse. So. He should do that after he retires. Yeah. And just works his or he could be the fact checker. Uh, he, he needs to be the fact checker. Yeah. With his Marmaduke jokes. Yeah. That'd be cute. <laughs> Um, I like, he sees Dr. Kroger stealing the candy bar. Uh, did he actually steal the, no, wait, yeah, he, no, he didn't. They're in I the forgot do- about that. They're in the <laughs> office, and he's like, I saw you steal it. And he's like, Adrian, I'm so shocked and hurt that you would think I would steal a candy bar. And he's like, and, you know, I see a lot of cops, and they all say, you know, they all have trust issues like this. And he's like, I'm going to, you know... I'm not going to prove myself to you. And then a couple minutes later, they're talking, and then he pulls out a bar and starts eating it, and Adrian's like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. He's like, And then Dr. Uh. Kroger smiles, like, all sweet. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. But he did push him to be like, hey, trust me. Yeah. I, I thought I liked that. That's, that was cute. I liked that. There's a scene where Monk and Joe are back together oh, fighting yeah. the crime, and the whole scene about they're trying to figure out why... The person would kill for a employee of the month, whatever. And Monk is like, someone's definitely killed this person for the mug. And Joe's like, really? And he's like, no. No. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, and there's a coupon to the lobster barrel. Can you tell me about the lobster barrel. And he's like, they have shrimp. They have tempura shrimp. They have breaded shrimp. They have coconut oh, shrimp. shrimp. They have fried shrimp. And he's like... Please stop telling me about the lobster barrel. Stop telling me. My favorite part about the lobster barrel was like, it includes, uh, it's a coupon to the lobster barrel, uh, only good on weekdays, and it does not include lobster. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I love that. That's so funny. I love it so much. (laughs) I use it for coconut shrimp. I love coconut shrimp. I like the guys, the the dumb guys, whenever they go to... when Monk goes to get the gun from them in the sporting goods store, and he's like, he calls them by their names, and he's like, oh no, that's so-and-so, and that's so-and-so. We switched name tags. And he's like, okay, whatever. He's like, yeah, but just don't tell anyone. It's a secret. It's a secret. And he's like, okay, I don't care. I need a gun. And they're like, okay, whoa, dude, you gotta wait, like, three days for, like, a waiting period. And he's like, it's for Jenny. And they're like, oh, it's for Jenny. And they're like, yeah, we thought about killing her too, but it's not worth it, man. <laughs> that's not the way to go, man. We don't like her either, but like... <laughs> and then uh, and then they give him the gun, and he's like, give me the ammo. And they're like, no, we can't give you the ammo. And he's like, give, give it to it me. me. <laughs> and points the gun at him. He's like, jeez, golly, here. And the, the other guy's like, dude, that the was gun wasn't loaded. loaded. <laughs> and then this is the one with Crystal. Randy's uh, wallet model. Oh, yeah, the wallet model girlfriend. She's like, Randy, this is a picture of... This is a wallet. A picture of a wallet. She's a, she's wa- a, wallet, she's a wallet model. One of the f- most famous wallet models in the world. Thank you very much. <laughs> They're just like... Oh, he Ray. probably should have got a real picture of his girlfriend. I know, because she's there. Because she's leaving, and she's like, Bye, Randy, I miss you already. And like... <laughs> She's right there. Uh, and then her name is Crystal Smith. It's like the most generic name. It's so funny. But yeah, overall, the Megamar is awesome. I feel like it's another example of showing like something that Monk is good at more than just mm-hmm. like detective work. 
Exactly. And I feel like he's pretty normal in this one, too. He's cute. And so, I liked it. Alright, so this is your number four episode. Yep, so this is Mr. Monk and the Panic Room. This is the second episode in season three. In the opening scene, we see Ian Blackburn in the studio of his mansion around 5 a.m. While he's working on a song, his home alarm system goes off. So he and his chimpanzee Darwin retreat into the panic room nearby. Then we see the police arriving with no response from inside the panic room. They weld a hole in the door to open it, and they see Ian dead from a gunshot wound and Darwin holding the smoking gun. Monk is called in for this very unusual case. Girona takes a quick liking to Darwin and early on insists that the chip is innocent. After they establish that Darwin can indeed shoot a firearm, Animal Control decides to put him down and Girona takes it upon herself to ensure that Monk continues to pursue the case for Darwin's innocence. Monk puts it together when Darwin has a severe aversion to bald men. He remembers that the man they questioned, Kirk Wolf, who built the Blackbird's panic room, was bald. He realizes that his wife, world-famous pop star Chloe, was having an affair with Wolf and knows how they did it. He set off the home alarm to draw Blackbird into the panic room. Wolf tried to make it look like it was a suicide, but when there was a struggle, Wolf ends up shooting Ian four times. The only way to make it work? Frame Darwin. The gang catches Kurt Wolf during a stakeout outside the panic room, and they let him overhear a conversation about a tape that supposedly recorded the whole murder. When they wait in the dark as Kurt enters through his built-in secret hatch to retrieve the tape, he is busted. I liked this one a lot. It's Mr. Monk in the panic room. The main thing I didn't like was how out of character Girona was at the beginning. Because she was yelling at Benji for... Sticking up yeah, for a little boy. Yeah, a little boy. Yeah. Like, I was like, that's very odd. I feel like she, of all people, would have been the one to be like, I'm proud of you for sticking up for a little boy. Because, I mean, yeah, if my kid, like, started a fight, like, for no reason then I'd be mad too, but not, like, he was standing up for a kid who was being physically assaulted. Like, he was being picked on, and the teachers weren't doing anything. And I don't know, it just, Girona's reaction, while I understand a parent reacting that way, Girona acting that way, it didn't make sense to me, and it just seemed very out of character, and I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that. My first thing was they put down animals for being aggressive towards people, not for using a gun that he doesn't even understand what a gun is. Yeah, he doesn't know what that means. Also, in what situation is a chimpanzee gonna have a gun anyway? Exactly. That's a human error. (laughs) I know. You gave gave a gun to a monkey yeah, he shot it, but, or was able to shoot it, but, like, no. Yeah, like, they they are smart, and he probably would have figured it out at some point if he was around them enough, but he doesn't know what that is yet. I feel like it would take a very, very long time for a monkey to figure out that he was using a weapon in that way. Yeah, because... Like, yeah, monkeys could figure out how to... Like, I'm gonna hit you with this banana and it's gonna hurt. I'm gonna but, like, smash I, your... In a more violent way, I'm gonna smash your head with this rock because they know... They only understand primal 
like like things like rocks, sharp things, their own hands. They don't understand the mechanics of a gun. Yeah. And the fact that this little tiny thing comes out and hurts people. Also, they think that he shot him four times. I know. Not once. Four, four times. times. When he was in the interrogation room with Stottlemyre, it went off once. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting there going, like, shaking the thing. Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah, exactly. I feel like this wasn't the best plot as far as, like... I feel like it's, for one, it's, like, the oldest motive in the book, like, of course. But there's mm-hmm. no way to get into the room except for the secret hatch. <laughs> I know, we like... all thought of that. <laughs> Like, oh, there must be some type of secret hatch, but, like, no, they wouldn't do that because that's, like, of course, how is there a way to get into the room? How did the monkey die from inside the room when there's no way you could get in? Uh, because there's a way to get in. (laughs) Like, no. no. That was, that was kind of, because I actually do like the monkey, uh, Mm -hmm. or, you know, the chip. I do like the chimpanzee. I do like how Sharona's sweet and takes care of him. I do like, there's a lot of things, but just the plot for me, every time, every time I watch it and remember what happens, I'm like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I definitely enjoyed watching the chimpanzee the first time around. I like monkeys, like they're cute, so, you know. Uh, he's cute too. He's especially like super cuddly. He's a very cuddly chip. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the episode is also my least favorite thing about the episode. Like, the mystery itself of like... Oh, well, if the monkey didn't do it, then who did? But obviously it wasn't the monkey because that'd be too obvious. Yeah. So it's it's a double-edged sword, really, that I can't get past. Yeah. The only other thing is jail goo. That's gross. Oh, God. Jail goo? Keep why? That was disgusting. Like, when you watch what it is, you're like, what is... could that possibly be? I know. I'm like, what? I, can't... I was just like... Yeah. Uh... All right. <laughs> Wipe, wipe. I don't have any wipes. I'm in jail. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Okay, so let's see. The first thing that I did like was Monk ripping the Band-Aid off of Benji. Oh, gosh. Monk and Benji moments are so cute in general. But it's like, he's like, Mom, please make him stop. And she's like, no, it serves you right. You don't want me anywhere near you. It's not even. (laughs) Please stop it. That was really cute. It doesn't have to be perfect. I like Monk not knowing who Chloe is. Oh, So yeah. basically she's supposed to be like Britney Spears or something. You know, somebody oh, that's okay. so famous yeah. that everyone knows who Chloe is. Exactly. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know her. I like that song like she does song. about loving that guy. Loving that guy. <laughs> I liked Girona. I liked the moment Girona had when she realized, okay, that... I understand Benji. I still didn't like it, though, because I'm like, you yeah. You should know. Yeah. Like, you cannot Exactly. Tell. It makes it more in her character that she saves Darwin, not that she got mad at Benji for doing it at the beginning. I know. You know what I mean? I it's like, like, oh, yeah, that exactly. That fits your character. You getting mad about Benji for standing up for somebody else does not fit your character. So, yeah. Do you remember Monk trapped in the panic room? Uh-huh. I'm trapped in here. Monk, I can see you. I can't breathe. There's a I hole in the breathe. door. Monk, there's a hole in the door. There's a button. Push the, the button. button. I can't. That's just, or just Stottlemyre in the room with the monkey trying to get him to shoot him. He's like... Oh my god. He's like, get what you want. You lousy primate, whatever the words are. I forget what he says. But he's got like his whistle and he's like waving his arms. 
and he has the little hat and the cymbals. <laughs> and then he has the, yeah, he has the whistle that he blows it. And then he has the sock monkey. And he's like, oh, is that your little friend? Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> he's sitting it against the table. And then he's they're all like, like that. <gasps> wrong gun. Wrong gun. No, Captain, no. He's no, like, no. I'm not finished yet. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Oh, I like that Monk doesn't tell on Sharona about the monkey being in yeah, his house. I, I think like that's that. a good... He calls a... his therapist. He's like, help, please. Oh yeah, that's funny. His landlord comes in and his landlord's like, did you put this up? You can't, you're renting it. You can't sell your apartment. <laughs> that's so funny. Or the end where he's like, oh, Darwin's saying something to you. He wants He wants to give you something. He gives him a little kiss. He licks his face. He's like, his face. He's like, this is worse than the jail cube. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think it is, but okay. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I know what a monkey kiss is. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know what that is. The monkey kiss has good intention. You can wipe that off and be like, that was infection. I don't know what that jail goo is. Yeah. My last thing that I liked was the flashlight summation. Oh. Where they're... He wants he... to see you. <laughs> he needs to see you. <laughs> he's holding the flashlight to like whatever they're Come doing on. the stakeout and um they're talking during the stakeout and monk has a little flashlight and he's shining it on each person who's talking like it's their turn to talk so he shines the flashlight on them and they're like monk please <laughs> stop turn it off he's like but you're talking you don't need a flashlight to see me you can hear my voice you know it's me talking and Sharona says he needs to see you that's so sweet. <laughs> I love that tone of voice. All right, you ready for the next one? Yep. Okay, so this is my number three episode, Mr. Monk and the Game Show. This is the eighth episode in season three. In the open, we see a game show host named Ronnie Lankman pleading for his assistant, Lizzie Talvo, not to expose him for cheating while hosting the show. She has a videotape addressed to Dwight Ellison that is her proof of the fraud. Ronnie promises he will step down as host the following day if she keeps quiet. We quickly know it's a lie when he takes her keys and cuts the brake line in her car. The next day, he makes his big announcement that he will be renewing his contract for another five years. The assistant is livid and rushes to deliver the package to Ellison, but with no brakes, she swerves and flies off the side of a cliff. Next, we see Dwight Ellison, who is actually Adrian's father-in-law, arriving in San Francisco to ask Monk if he will help him save the TV show he's created, hosted by Ronnie Lankman. He has suspected the cheating for some time but can't prove it and he takes Monk back with him to L.A. to solve the case. It turns out that the current winning contestant, Val Birch, had been fishing in Bluestone Valley when Lizzie Talvo crashed nearby. He intended to call for help but instead recorded her dying breaths as she explained why Lankman killed her. He used this recording as blackmail against Ronnie and demanded he let him win on the show. Monk figures out exactly how they're cheating when he becomes a contestant. Before a question was even read, Lankman would grab a corner of the card depending on which letter was the answer. Monk is able to beat Val to the punch on nearly every question and gets himself to the bonus round. During his first question, he decides to phone a friend, Val Birch. He calls his answering machine and plays Lizzie's message for all to hear. The two are caught red-handed and Monk impresses his father-in-law yet again. I like this one. It was cute. Yeah. Mr. Monk in the game show. It originally was lower on my list. 
like my personal list mostly because it didn't have Jerona or Natalie in it, and so I was like, oh man. Yeah. But but it's actually a yeah. good episode it for is. not having anyone in it but Monk. It's really cute, and it showed how independent he really can be because he did a good job, even though he had his neighbor. Kevin Dorfman. I love Kevin. Yeah. I love him. And his egg salad sandwiches. Yes. He's like, this is my second time in my whole life. Like, will you believe that this is only my fourth (laughs) time I have ever ate egg salad sandwich? (laughs) Do you want to hear the other times? (laughs) The first time time. was, and then Sharona calls, and then he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Kevin's just telling me every time he's eating an egg salad sandwich. Stop laughing. Stop laughing. And when you come back, bring a gun. Bring a gun. <laughs> okay, I we're getting into what we liked. Let's go with what we didn't like. Okay. Didn't like. Okay, the first thing was, so the assistant figures out the scam that the guy was pulling, but Dwight, Ellison, and Monk don't figure it out. I know. Like, I guess she's had, like, ample time, but, like, Dwight Ellison has had ample time to figure it out, too. And she yeah. has the videotape because she's saying, look, the proof is right there. So we know that she's watching him hold the cards. Exactly. And Monk, it takes Monk way too long to figure that out. And Dwight Ellison never figures it out on his own. But the girl does? I know. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, not a, nothing against the girl. But he was trying to figure it out. Yeah. The girl wasn't trying to figure it out. She, she just, just saw, saw it. it. She was like, it's obvious. You're, ch-, like. Yeah. Also, why did she confront him like that? They always do. Like, they want to get killed. <laughs> they want they want to die. That secretly that is their wish. And also talk about like jeez, Val Birch doesn't even try to sell the fact that he's not cheating. Like, I know. Maybe that's why she figured he's it out. <laughs> probably cuz they're all dumb. I'm just like, what? Maria Antoinette. Antoinette. He's like, "Yeah, that's right. Maria Antoinette." <laughs> what is, so what are you going to plan to do with all your earnings? Oh, I don't know. Let's just keep playing. I'm like, dude. <laughs> even if they don't figure out how, they're gonna figure out that you're cheating. They yeah. they have enough character evidence. What is the picture behind you? Bing, bing. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> he didn't even look at the. <laughs> I'm pretty sure even the audience members were like, he's yeah. not even looking at it's it. Just like, they're just like. Okay. Oh, that's they so did, stupid. That, yeah, I hated that. I hated that so much. It's like, dude, at least try. The guy tried to, um, what's his name? The host? Ronnie. Ronnie. Ronnie tried to tell him. Like, he's be like, more coy. Yeah. Like, he's oh, like, yeah. can you at least try? Yeah. Do you want us to get caught? Yeah. This is my last thing. Um, it's not even that big of a deal, but Kevin and his big mouth oh telling God, Ronnie Lankman, oh yeah, Adrian Monk is here. He's a great detective. And he's like, a detective? And I know. Like, Shut up, Kevin. Shut, Shut up, Kevin. Shut up for once. Kevin. Once in your life. Please stop talking. Please stop talking. <laughs> okay. My main thing I didn't, not my main thing, a small thing I didn't like, even though I don't like this about the episode, I still like this about the episode. The fact that everything was so complicated. Like, it wasn't too complicated, but there was this, just the whole thing was, seemed very, like, convoluted to me. Like, it just, I don't know, something about, like, the answering machine mixed with the figuring out how to, like, how they were cheating. Well, I think one thing that's a weird kind of scene that they kind of have to make fit is how do they get his answering machine message to where Monk hears it? 
And so yeah. him and Kevin have the scene where they go to his house. He's not there. The door was already open or unlocked or something like I that. I know, like, then what they are lean, the odds of that? Then they like, lean, lean in and then they hear the answering machine, right? So I feel yeah. like maybe that, that's probably part of it. Because that's how else on earth would Monk have heard that message? Exactly. or You know what I mean? So... Yeah, I feel like that probably has something to do with it. I was like, it just seemed a little long. It, it was long. It felt long. Not slow, but long. Yeah. All right, so you ready to do what we liked? Yes. Okay. So we already talked about Kevin. He's yes. obviously hilarious. He's so funny. Um, Monk on the show. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> he beep, 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 beep. Can you repeat the question? Yes, but... It has to be from what you heard, so where? Constantinople. <laughs> we're, a, we're a multiple choice game show, Mr. Monk, so you just have to go A, B, C, or D. B, D, D, B. B is your final answer. C. The answer is A. <laughs> just like... Or the poor girl in the middle who has no idea what's happening. Like, everybody like, on stage. She's like, beep. C. Wrong. Ah. <laughs> this looks so much easier, easier at home. home. Yes, it always looks easier at home. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, I feel so bad for this lady. I hope she got a refund or of something, like reimburse. Yeah. She should have won. That she just, is... she, the only people on stage who knew what was happening were Monk and the two dudes. She was just a victim the whole time. Yeah. Oh, I liked the relationship with his in-laws. Was super sweet. Oh yeah. I really liked. I liked seeing that. It feels like they're the only aside from Ambrose. It feels like they're the only real family that he has. Yeah. For because sure. his dad sucked. His mm. mom sucked. And his brother, I mean, his brother's a product of circumstances just like he yeah. is, so I can't really blame him, but... He's the only normal family, obviously. Yeah, like, he's the only normal no, family. There's nobody yeah. else. Yeah. No. So it just... Kevin. Kev, Kevin Dorfin is his family. Yeah, that's sad. Oh. Um. <laughs> Kevin's the annoying cousin who you don't invite to the family reunions, but he still somehow manages to find out where it is. <laughs> That's so true. That's funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, who told him? I don't know. Um, as far as Trudy's parents go, like, I feel like he's so conflicted between being, like, happy to see them and having such a, like, flood of memories about Trudy. Yeah. But you can see, like, his joy, but then also, like, his pain. And those are, like, really good scenes where mm-hmm. you see both of those things happening at the, the same time. bittersweet moments of yes, nostalgia. Exactly. Um, and then the last thing is Monk's summation on air in front of everyone and Ooh. his father-in-law. And it just, like, kind of sums up how good, like, I feel like the whole episode was. Like, it was a really fun case with the yeah. whole game show. And it mixes in the seriousness of, like, the three, like, Monk and the Trudy's parents, like, grieving together. Yeah. Like, I don't know. All right. So I think we're actually done with this episode, right? Yep. Okay. Our bubble pizza is here, so we will let you know how that goes. And we're going to take a break. (laughs) 
All right, welcome back to the Junk Monk Podcast, where we are full of bubble pizza. So what's the verdict, Savannah? I like it. It's really good. Okay. And the crust is super sweet. I like it because it's biscuits. Oh, yeah. All right, so is it your turn or is it my turn? Um, which, what episode did we just do? I've got two left. I've got, okay, I've got three left, so. Ah. Oh, yay. It's uh, Mr. Monk and the Red Herring. This is the 10th episode of season three. In the opening scene, we see a man breaking into a house and the woman who lives there waking up to the noise. As she enters the living room, the man sneaks up behind her and she begins to fight him off. In the struggle, she manages to grab a pair of scissors and stabs him, killing the intruder. The police wonder what the man was doing there and also a different man who had disguised himself as a meter reader to get in her house earlier that week. Stottlemyre suggests that the woman go see Monk in person, but reveals he may not take the case as he is distraught over the loss of his assistant, Sharona. She goes to visit him and introduces herself to Mr. Monk as Natalie Teeger, a single mother with a daughter named Julie, that she is desperately trying to protect from another mysterious intrusion. He takes the case with his first clue being a small fishnet that the intruder brought to the break-in. Captain also finds a clue on the suspect that leads them to the Sea of Tranquility exhibit where Julie had just visited on a field trip. Julie admits that she signed up for a mailing list while purchasing a fish tank kit, which is how someone got their address. Monk hits another break when he sees a story in the paper about a moon rock, the star of the museum exhibit, and a rock he has seen before in Julie's fish tank. One of the museum tour guides, Lyle Peck, the fake meter reader, stole the moon rock from its case, but he needed a temporary place to hide it, so he slipped it into a fish kit in the gift shop, but Julia ended up buying it before Peck's accomplice, Brian Lennon, could grab it the next morning. Peck posed as the meter reader, and when that failed, Lennon broke in, and that really failed. The rock is recovered, and the episode ends with Mr. Monk getting a new assistant, Natalie Teeger. Alright, so something I didn't like about the episode is just kind of the fact that we no longer have Girona. Yeah. Like, I used to be Team Natalie when I was younger, but I guess the older I got and the more kind of aggressive I got. <laughs> you got that Girona sass. Yeah. I was like, yeah, no, no, I like Girona. She, she knows what's best for Adrian. But, um, I mean, I understand why. I still love Natalie to death. Okay, let me go. Yes. Because this is the biggest plot hole that I have personally ever found in any Monk episode. I know we say a lot of... We also use the term plot hole very loosely. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, it's like a part of our segment. Will and Keiko actually used to call them loopholes. Mm -hmm. And then they figured out, like, halfway through their show, they are like, You're, that's not the right word. That's not the right word. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, it's better than loopholes, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so this is a plot hole. Hear me out. So in this episode, why does... and see, I'll, see, I'll see if I can lead you to the plot hole. So why does the criminal... Why does he put the moon rock in Julie's box? Why does he uh, do that? He does it to hide it. Why is he hiding it? So if he if you stole yeah. if you stole a rock right, and you took it and you were leaving, but he, how, he re but he replaced it. Yeah. So he has no reason to hide it. Yeah. Because no one noticed that it was gone. Mm -hmm. So. 
Right? What? Okay, exactly. Right? Mine, mine is already blown. Because in the summation, he says they were searching everyone, even the employees. Searching them for what? what? Yeah. Yeah. No one noticed that the rock was gone. Because yep. there was a rock in there that he replaced it with. I don't understand. Crazy, right? Yeah. Like, boom. What? Mind blown. It's like they forgot that he replaced it or something when they got to the summation. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That's pretty That's pretty good, right? Yeah. I figured that one out. That's you like... figure out a lot of things when you start writing the synopsises. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, he hit it because, wait a second. And then I had to go back and watch it, and I saw him say that in his summation, and I was like, that is not accurate. That's not accurate. So, like, yep. What? Got him. You've been plot-holed. <laughs> okay. I understand it's a really sweet moment. I like that it happened. But the scene where he has to choose between the fish or the rock, and he chooses the fish. <laughs> I like that he chose the, the fish, fish, but you could have they could have grabbed both. both. You literally could have grabbed the fish first, and then quickly grabbed the rock and stuffed it in your pocket. Yep. And then God, I you still could have had that moment too of, oh, his first instinct was the fish, like that's cute. Yes. Grab the fish. Leave that in there. The rock is still right there. They weren't that far apart. It's not like the rock was all the way down the opposite end of the hall or something. Like, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you wanted to have that moment, it is It is physically possible for a rock to slide. Have yeah. the rock slide really far away. Yeah. And like, then be like, oh, I have to go this way or this way. Yeah. Not, they're super close. They're super yeah. close together right here. Yeah. The guy's still down. The guy's still on the ground, disoriented from falling down the stairs. Yep. That was my second plot hole. My third plot hole is, why wouldn't you just stick your arm into the fish tank to grab the rock out of it? Why would you use a net to get a rock? You would use a net know, to get a fish. fish. And also, fish are extremely hard to catch in those stupid things because they swim away. So, like, the chances of you actually picking up the fish when you were trying to pick up a rock is probably not very high. I know. You know what I mean? Like, if you were trying to get the fish, you'd probably... You, chances are, like, 50-50. It might swim away. But you're trying to get a rock and you catch the fish. Like, the fish ain't stupid. It's I running know. away from a net. Like, you know? He also would have ran away from your hand. What are you afraid of? Exactly. A little fish. Why wouldn't you just stick your arm in and I not know. the what? net? He's not going to bite you. Because he left the net at... Natalie's house, yeah, and that's what led them to be like, oh, he was after the fish tank, like you left the freaking clue in the house, yeah. Like dummy. Do you have anything else? Um. Oh, okay. The freaking diet that (laughs) Julie had for her fish. (laughs) It's a fish. (laughs) Why on earth would you give him cucumbers and rice krispies? I mean, vitamins I totally get. Like, yeah, give your fish vitamins, whatever. But, like, cucumbers? It would have made more sense to give him seaweed or something. Like, what's funny, too, is because, like, the mom obviously replaced the fish over and over again. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it keeps dying. Like, maybe I should tell Julie to stop feeding it Rice Krispie Krispie Treats. treats. But then also her science fair project is like, my fish lives to be so long because he eats Rice Krispie Treats. She's going to cause the death of so many Many fish. fish. (laughs) Like, premature deaths. <laughs> Just, like, they're dead after, like, weeks. <laughs> okay, my last thing is, ready for your uh-huh. mind to be blown again. 
So this is very similar to the crime of The Godfather, which was only four episodes before where somebody steals something from their work, needs a temporary place to hide it, goes back to get it. Exactly. Right? Okay. And then it's basically the exact same as the big reward where they're in a museum and they steal like the precious artifact from the museum. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, what is it with you guys and which And the because the person who stole who the person who stole it in the big reward is the museum guy. Yeah. And in this one it's the museum guy also. Just like that's weird. like really like, come on guys you're not gonna have it be anybody else except for the person that works there. It's okay, monk. We still love you. It's fine. We still love you. <laughs> okay, so what did we like about this episode? I also I liked I liked Natalie. I grew up with Natalie. Like I for the longest time did not know who Sharona was just because the first few episodes I saw were of Natalie. So I love Natalie. Um, I think she's adorable. She's really pretty. I like that she has such a strong relationship with her daughter. Uh, I thought it was funny. It was a very funny episode. I feel like despite, like, the plot holes, the plot of the episode itself wasn't the greatest, but it was a really nice transition episode from one assistant to the next. Yeah, I think so too. I like when Monk starts looking at Natalie like she could be his assistant. Yeah. He's like, asks her questions and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they bond over their late spouses, yeah. obviously. Um, the white blood cell guy, when he walks uh, up to yeah. him, he's like, do you want to know <laughs> more about me? No. I'd like to know less about you. <laughs> and Monk's like, all right. I all like right. this girl. I like this guy. <laughs> and then when, at the very end, when she gives him his first wipe. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh. And she's like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, here you go. Yeah. And he's like, uh-huh. uh-huh. I like this girl. <laughs> I like this one. And just the end of, okay, okay. How big is the spider? Yeah. I was like, that's cute. That yeah. is really cute. So we also have the first ever Natalie scheme. Okay. When she lies about the fish for Julie. Oh. And she yeah. gets a monk to be the ichthyologist. Yes. And he can't lie. And then after this, Natalie starts to look at Monk in a good light because she's like, oh, oh men yeah. just lie. And he's like, and then she's like, oh, a man that doesn't lie. Who would have thunk it? And then her and Julie both appreciate him at the end, obviously, because he saves yeah. Mr. Henry and he picks up the fish just in general. It's so brave of him. Yeah. He is normally doesn't like touching slimy things. So he gets the real fish. Yep. He throws it into the piranha ticket. Yeah, I know. That's so funny. Uh, uh, and they're like, ah, ah, look, look, look. And she's pointing. He's like, oh. And then he sticks his hand in a piranha tank. I know. I'm like, okay. Like, all right. I okay. tried. I tried to save the fish. It's it's done. It's done. Like, what? <laughs> uh, it was really fun to watch this, though, like, in retrospect, like, how they first meet. Yeah. And then also to watch, you know, how different Natalie is. Because we've already talked about kind of how she morphs a little bit. So it's funny to be like, whoa. Also, just in general, like, I love how in this episode, I love how they just hang out. This whole episode. They're just hanging out together. Because you pointed it out. A great point. Like, he was brave that he took the case without an assistant. Yeah. And then so it's like, 
okay, they just hang out the whole episode. And you get to know Natalie and all the little mm-hmm. glances they have in between them are like great. And it's kind of just reassuring that, you know, Monk will be okay. Exactly. So oh, I also love the line that Stottlemyre has where he talks about his niece, I think. Yes. His niece, yes. who's a nurse. What happened to your niece? You never, I never heard back from her. Here's the thing, Monk. I love her. <laughs> he just says, understandable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was so funny. That is so funny. <laughs> he knows. He knows what's wrong with him. I think that's why he's so lovable, too, is, like, he understands what's wrong. Whereas, like, Harold, it seems like he doesn't know what's wrong with him. He thinks that he's in the right. Yeah. There's no self-awareness. And when you're not self-aware, then... Yeah. Because that's really when Monk gets on people's nerves the worst. When he doesn't realize what he's doing. Exactly. We're good with this one? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. This was a really good one, too. All right, so I'm in my top two. Very excited. Some of my favorite episodes. Absolutely, bar none. Here we go. This is Mr. Monk Gets Fired. This is the fourth episode in season three. In the open, we see a man named Paul Harley blindfolding his girlfriend, Larissa Seryeva, and telling her he has a surprise waiting for her. He then leads her to the garage where he removes the cover and there's nothing to be seen. When she's confused, he swiftly takes a crowbar, hits her over the head, and then we infer that she is disposed of with a chainsaw. Next, we see the captain's wife, Karen, back with another documentary in the making, this time about the SFPD. Leland is happy to oblige until Commissioner Brooks begins scolding him for pursuing an arson case at a wig outlet instead of the case of the dismembered woman. When Stottlemyre ensures Monk is on it, the commissioner scoffs as he has a former grudge against Adrian. When Monk makes the mistake of deleting some old police files, he is fired by Brooks and is officially off the case. Unofficially, he continues to pursue it, putting Harley at the top of the suspect list. The only thing lacking in their case was the identification of the torso they had discovered. Mm. If they could prove that it was his girlfriend, they'd have him dead to rights. Of course, even off the case, Monk solves it anyway. He sees in the newspaper the arson case from before and realizes the two cases are connected. At two separate press junkets, someone has been trying to steal the commissioner's hat. But it wasn't his hat they were after, it was his toupee. Larissa had recently cut her long hair and donated it to a wig maker. Harley broke into the wig outlet, found the commissioner was the owner of the toupee, and knew that her DNA would be his demise, so he tried to steal it. He had set fire to the outlet to cover his tracks. In the end, they confront Brooks about his piece, and Karen gets a great story for her documentary. (laughs) I love this one. I know, it's cute. (laughs) All right, what did we not like? Um, I don't like Stottlemyre's wife in general. I just find her very annoying. Mm. Have y'all in your, uh, when do they get divorced? We've done it. Okay. Okay, good. I could talk about it. When he divorced her, I was so happy. Oh, I was, was like, so sad, though. I was like, thank God. She was awful, and he deserved better. Oh. I just, I hate just her. Just let us know how you really feel, Savannah. Yeah, I don't know. like her. No sympathy. Um, okay, I didn't like Commissioner Brooks. Oh, no. Golly. He's ter- what was his grudge against Buck again? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I actually it don't remember. It was something that had to do with, like... Some if, cops that he liked that Monk was like, well, they were guilty, so... Oh, like, yeah. No. He was friends with a group of cops, and they were crooked cops, and so yeah. Monk proved that they were guilty, mm-hmm. and he didn't like him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yay, more crooked cops. And he flat out says, 
nobody cares about the arson case. I'm like, somebody died in that and you're going to be on camera saying no one cares about it? Also, and they also ended up being connected, so you're just a flat-out idiot. And in the end of the episode, he was willing to let somebody get away with murder so that no one would know that he wore a freaking toupee. That is exactly right. I every can't time, stand this, dude. Every freaking time. I the, always get so angry. That's, yeah, that, like, that's crazy. I love this episode, like, and I put it, I put it higher on my list now, but when I originally made my list, I put it so low because of how angry it made me. Oh my god! I was like, this guy is so that's stupid. A, that's a Noah move. He rated the big reward a two <laughs> because he was mad that Gladys got the money. Oh gosh. No. Yeah. Is that not crazy? I'd be mad too, but like, I'm not going to say hate the episode. (laughs) No, he was like, that was a good episode. So Gladys got the the money. Two. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, So my last thing that I didn't like, uh, because not very many, but the last thing Uh I didn't like was the coughing kid. Oh no. That was gross. Not the coughing kid. But Monk throwing the cough drops was amazing. Oh, just like, that kid had a nasty cough. He did. <laughs> Poor baby. <laughs> and then Monk's like, blink, 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 throwing him in the I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop. That was she's hilarious. like, she's like, here, sweetie. And she gives him a little cough drop. In his like, mouth. Yeah. I'm like, ooey. I know, like, poor kid. Didn't he have, like, two broken arms or something? Yeah. Aw, yeah, poor two, baby. <laughs> two broken arms. Also. Oh, yeah, that's why he couldn't cover his cough. It's because yeah. he's like, like, Ugh. <laughs> like, This kid's got the coronavirus. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, What's something you liked? Oh, I liked just the episode. It was cute. Oh, no, my favorite thing in the whole episode was the end, where Monk was, like, 70%. And Sharona's like, 70%'s good enough for me. And she tackles this man. Yeah. And rips the toupee off. I'm like, yes. Yup. Get it, Sharona. I love her. That was amazing. Another Karen documentary. I actually got excited to see her again. I can't believe I'm say- saying this in your presence. It's but, fine. You're allowed to. <laughs> but I love how the cops play to the camera. Yeah, no. I and liked. that's funny. I liked what she was doing. When I... Okay, I, again... Middle ground. I got excited to see Karen making the documentary because I was like, oh, she's making the documentary about them. Yeah. And I got excited. I Not necessarily doc- to liked- like. But again, also, this is the probably the best episode that she's in. Exactly. It's probably the best episode that she's in. A Like, they're, they're not fighting, really. She was the least annoying to me this episode. I also really liked what she had to say at the end as well. Because she was like, she's like, I don't know, Commissioner... This is some pretty, like, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, so she I got, like, yeah, Hee-hee. exactly. She's sassy. But yeah, I liked how the cops played to the camera. and Especially, um, especially Randy. I liked it because like, I, I felt like I was on Team Karen because she was trying to get the real deal. Where yeah. Stottlemyre wanted her to shut the camera off. And she's like, Leland, this is my job. This is what I'm good oh. at. And again, like, he wanted to shut her down. Yeah. So she's like, this is what I love to do, and this is what I need from you and stuff. So I did I did like that in that respect. Also, when Monk gets fired, that's a great scene where he, like, slumps over and he starts to fall to the ground. Oh, that's really yeah. sad. Oh, I liked when um when he got the job. Yeah. That's so cute. I also love Sharona's reaction to it. She goes, you told her the Marmaduke, you talked about Marmaduke. You told that stupid joke about Marmaduke 
and you got a job with dental. Yeah, and I don't even get dental. I don't even get dental. He's he's like, I'm sorry. He's crying. And then uh, I like how she turns it around, though. She's like, I'm sorry, Adrian. Like, because she realizes that she's proud of him and she yes. was just kind of jealous of him for uh-huh. a second. And then, yeah, she turns that around. But, yeah, her, she, she is pissed at first. <laughs> um, but he has 50 pages of notes yeah. to get the fact-checking job. And she's like, oh, how many issues did you go through? And he's like, just the one. Just the one. And then... When he says, she's like, so what is your biggest strength? And he's like, he just sits there and is like, my decisiveness. My decisiveness. Because <laughs> he can't make up his mind what his biggest strength is. And so he says his decisiveness. decisiveness. That's so funny. Oh, I love him. And he was so adorable in his job interview. He's just all proper. Just He's so nervous. Bug's adorable. I love Bug. And then in uh, Dr. Kroger's office... Okay, well, how about we practice for your interview? I'll be the interviewer. And he's like, and who will I be? Who will and he's I like, be? Oh, I, you could be you. you. Be you. And he's like, Ugh. Okay, and so Dr. Kroger's <laughs> like, okay, so tell me about yourself. And he's like, well, my wife Trudy was murdered by a car bomb. I spend my time looking for the murderer who planted the car bomb. Who planted the car bomb? And he's like, don't say car bomb. Don't and he's say like, car bomb. Okay, I'll say bomb. I'll say bomb. <laughs> Okay, and then you have a hard day moment again from Monk yes. confronting the criminal. And it's actually kind of cool, too, because he's it. fired. So he's not even really on the case. Yeah. And he's still like, you made a mistake because he's searching his garage uh-huh. and he's bleached it. And he can smell the bleach and he knows like that, you know, he knows Monk knows and he knows and he knows. And he's like, you made a mistake. You don't know the meaning of clean. You don't know the meaning of clean. He also finds the chainsaw, like the chain for the chainsaw. Yeah. There's no chainsaw. And he's like, you don't, you don't want a chainsaw? chainsaw? No. no. no Why is there a plate? He's like, yep. Mistake number one. And of course, the jig. Oh, the yeah, Monk jig. does the jig. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm doing, doing a jig. jig. He's like, that's not a jig. I don't know what that is. And I don't want to know. She just leaves. That is so freaking cute. That he's, should be a gift. I, yes. His little, that should totally be a gift. Maybe his, it is somewhere. His I'll little to find feet. it. He's like, he, he. Okay, is there anything else? I have one more thing. Uh, this episode was good. I have one more thing. It was cute. I just liked it because it was cute. Okay. Continue. Randy's exit interview when she's doing her documentary. Uh, and Stottlemyre's kind of like trying to get in the last word. Like, yeah, we did good. And then Randy's like, just tells this whole thing. He's like, yeah, dying, I'm not afraid of dying. Oh, God. Dying's just a part of living. Oh, God. It's like, as for me and my life or something, we'll fly high or something <laughs> so dorky. And he's like, it's my life. It's fine. My life behind the badge. <laughs> but it's so funny because Karen is her documentaries are so cheesy. They are. So she, you know she's like, oh my gosh, what a perfect ending disher. Like, thank you so much. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know it. She loves it. He loves it. They're like feeling it. And everyone else is like, okay. Okay. Can we be done now? <laughs> that is so funny. All right. Goodbye. My number two episode. We're on to my number two which is the first episode of season three, which is Mr. Monk Takes Manhattan. 
So this is the first episode in season three, and in the opening scene, we see the gang's arrival in New York City. While checking into their hotel, a man opens fire in the lobby, killing an ambassador from Latvia. Since Monk is conveniently in New York City and a witness to the crime, he is pulled on the case. Although he has only gotten a glimpse of the suspect's left ear, we know that Monk's main focus is to get information from Warwick Tennyson about Trudy's murder. The officer in charge reveals that Tennyson is being held in protective custody as he is going to be testifying in a racketeering case, but he makes a deal with Monk to solve the ambassador's assassination in exchange for a meeting with Tennyson. He does, of course, solve the case, realizing that the ambassador's coat was not wet like his bodyguards, who were also killed. When he discovers that he overheard the ambassador saying in Latvian, this is not my coat, he knows he is on to something. When Monk sees a TV interview of a man named Stephen Light on the Jumbotron in Times Square and recognizes his left earlobe, he solves the case. Light had killed his wife in the park and wanted to make it look like a robbery, so he took her jewelry and put it in his pocket. When he realized that his jacket was mixed up at a coat check with the ambassador's, he followed him to the hotel and became increasingly paranoid that the ambassador would discover his wife's jewelry and it would be traced back to him through the jacket. He decided to assassinate the ambassador, get his coat back, and draw away the suspicion of any other crime. Also, we do see Monk have his gut-wrenching meeting with Warwick Tennyson, where he gets a huge lead in Trudy's case. That was Mr. Monk Takes Manhattan. All right, what did we not like about this episode? Um, parts of it felt kind of slow. It's weird. It oddly felt slow, but also rushed, if that makes any sense. Like, there were parts of it that were rushed, and then there were parts of it that kind of, like... Dr- Linger, like, yeah. Were, yeah, were lingering. The thing where they were trying to find out what, uh, she's no go meatless, or she's now gone mm-hmm. meatless... That took way too long. That's true, that actually. Was, that took, like, I understand why it would take so long, but for the episode and, like, the time thing, like, you don't have to show them in real time how long it took them to figure out what that meant. Just. Yeah, and I also felt like it took a long time when, like, Monk goes missing. I feel like yeah. that, it's like, I feel like that happens, like, in the middle of the episode, but then it it's like it happens towards the beginning of the episode or something, I, and then that takes forever to yeah. to happen too. It takes like them forever to find him, and like I know, yeah, it, just, it 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 felt like it was so mixed up and it didn't know what event it wanted to have first. Yeah, I put in general that it was like it was slow. But then it was also hard to care about the ambassador thing yeah. when all you wanted to see was them get to work Tennyson. Exactly. So, like, you basically, like, it's like just like Monk. You have the entire premise of this episode being, yeah, Monk doesn't care about the ambassador. Like Stottlemyre says, yeah. I could give two craps about a Latvian ambassador. We came here to see Warwick Tennyson, and that's how we feel as the audience. So it's like you make us sit through I know. Like, 40 we minutes. We came here for Tennyson. Of, what the heck? Of an ambassador, and then the last three minutes are him, which I will say the last scene is very satisfying. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's the only kind of thing that makes it seem like it's like a season premiere. Exactly. But yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't like when Monk got, like, conned by the little street guy. I thought that was, I don't know, I thought that was really dumb. And I, I didn't go to New York back then, but I've been to New York recently, and I didn't have people trying to get me to play games. I got people trying to sell me stuff. Like, yeah, they do illegal stuff on the street like that. So it's like, I don't know. I felt like that was like the beginning of my least favorite part of it, which was so long when he goes missing. Yeah. I don't like when he goes missing. Then he goes missing and he gets swindled. He becomes the preacher. And I feel like that seems like really random and awkward. I don't like it. I think it's funny kind of when Mm -hmm. he screams like at the people, but it's, but really it's not. I mix It's one of those ones that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. I don't mm-hmm. like, I don't like when he's screaming at everybody and I feel like he's like a very like dissociative episode or something going on. Oh yeah, he's like definitely it. like yeah. leaving his body. Yeah, I don't like that part, but that's my last thing though that I didn't like. Yeah, that's about it for me. Okay, so what did we like? I loved the atmosphere because I've been to New York recently, so it was, it was so exciting for me to like watch I like watching things that take place in Times Square and Manhattan and stuff because of, like, I was there. But it was really cute. Um, I liked seeing Monk kind of step out of his comfort zone for a lead in the case. Yeah. I liked... He, uh, w- he doesn't like to get on airplanes. Yeah. We already know that. Yeah, they didn't even touch on um, his trip on the airplane. Uh, oh, gosh, I loved the cab driver. He's like, you oh tell gosh. him, I don't take care of cabs anymore. What is wrong with my cab? It's very clean. So Omar's like, your, your cab is perfect, sir. He's He's got something wrong with him. You tell him, I never pick him up again. I don't care if I lose my license. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was crazy. Uh, which, I mean, Monk's crazy too, but exactly. that guy was a little extra. Um, I like Monk checking out everybody's earlobe. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he's like <laughs> trying to see... And then he'll see guy, and he's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. mm-mm. <laughs> like, nods he's his like, head. It's so cute. No. And then we're at the pier. He comes up with the plan to see the guy's ear because he's a, he has oh, a hat on. Oh, gosh, yes. And she's like, how are we going to get him to take his hat off? And he's like, okay, I have an idea. idea. Sharona, walk by and, you know, sachet. Sachet. <laughs> That's that like, episode. what? And no, he's sa- like, you know, like, sachet. I'm like, does it? Oh, my gosh. It's so <laughs> funny. Well, I mean, if you would have sacheted. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> and I liked I liked um watching the Latvian um chess players because mm-hmm. I like the guy who when he makes a move he's like okay that should give me ten minutes and he looks up at Monk to talk to him yeah but like I love it this has my like okay I know I say this all the time because it's true mm-hmm. we constantly in our house say Monk quotes. And this is one of our most, like, go-to quotes. She's now gone meatless. And so, actually, the other day, Noah was here. And I had him watch some of the episodes. And I made him watch, you know, the season premieres and finales and stuff. So, he watched this one. And I was like, oh, she's now gone meatless. You saw that, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, me and John say that all the time. And so, I tried to... I texted him and tried to get him to say it through yeah. text message. It didn't really work. Aww. Um, but then whenever he got home, I told him a lie. I told him that my sister was a vegetarian now. And he was <laughs> like, what? That's weird. Okay. 
And then I, I was like, yeah, I have to work in the word meat or it's not going to work. And so I was like, yeah, like she's literally like she's eating like no meat now. Is that not crazy? And it took a few minutes for us to like be talking about it. And he was like, yep, she's now gone meatless. She's now gone meatless. And I was like, got him. And me and Noah just like died laughing. He was like, I feel betrayed, but I get what you were doing. I get what you were doing. <laughs> so it was funny. So, yeah, we say that all the time. Anytime that like... Someone being a vegetarian or a vegan or <laughs> if something is like no meat or so, like anytime <laughs> anything like that comes up or like she's, she's snuck, snuck on mittless. He wants Sharona to ask people oh, and she's yeah. like, I'm not going to walk around saying she's snuck on meatless. Like I might move here someday. I might, oh, I saw the for, I was like <gasps> foreshadowing. I know. I, was like, I didn't like that. I don't like no, the foreshadowing. Not the foreshadowing. Yeah. She's like, I might come back here someday. I'm like, no. Yeah. Also, I love um Fornicator. <laughs> I <laughs> He's like, brother, I know her. She's Fornicator. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> fornicator. <laughs> and she's like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Better than Fornicator is Urinator. Urinator. Mr. P, <gasps> a.k.a. the urinator. Okay. Monk yells at him during the summation. He's like, urinator, don't try to deny it. Don't. Sharona. Oh, yeah. who, do you think we should, who do you think we should arrest? Who do you think we should arrest? The murderer. The murderer. <laughs> do you have anything else? Just one more uh, thing. Oh, I loved the ending scene. It was my favorite. Yeah. Just that was, a, that, that was what I was going to say. Just that moment of... This is me turning off your morphine. And this is Trudy, the woman you killed, turning it back on and then walking out. I was like, yes. Yeah. That's why, that's why this is my, really, if nothing else, this episode, like, that is why this episode is my number two. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like it's definitely one of the more powerful scenes that I've ever seen on the show. Yeah. Tony Shalhoub is once again brilliant. I His acting him. is superb. He's like crying. He makes I you know, cry. And it's him. like... It's too much. It's so good. All right. It is time for our number one episodes of season three. Are we ready? I'm going first. Here we go. Bring it on home. Uh, Toby, anything? Got anything? <laughs> Mr. Monk and the Girl Who Cried Wolf. Yes. This is my number one episode for season three, and it actually is my number one episode. Savannah's, her number one episode is my number two episode, so this is my true number one episode for the draft. Here we go. This is the sixth episode in season three. In the opening scene, we see Mr. Monk and Sharona headed to the bank so that Sharona can withdraw some money. However, since she's misplaced her pocketbook, among other things, she has to go inside and uses the parking lot located in the garage. With Monk's history with parking garages, he lets Sharona go ahead without him. When we see her walking through the empty garage, she gets the feeling that someone else is there. Then suddenly, a man appears disheveled and bloodied with a screwdriver in the side of his head. Sharona shrieks, but when they return, the man and any evidence he was ever there is gone. As the episode progresses, Sharona continues to question her sanity even more when she repeatedly sees the man. Once when her college English teacher, Miss Priminger, is in the room, and when she realizes the teacher can't see the man, she knows she's lost it. Thankfully, Monk believes that Sharona is not off her rocker and continues to figure out what's happening. He catches a break when he revisits the garage and finds the tip of a boot that Sharona said the man was wearing. 
When he realized that the boot owner was a security guard at the college, he pieces it together. Mrs. Preminger's husband had died in the same manner that Sharona had written about in her latest paper that she, quote, never turned in. The paper was entitled The Fatal Recipe in Which a Woman Kills Her Husband Using an Untraceable Poison Mixed in Tomato Soup. The teacher and her lover, the security guard, used the idea but didn't want it traced back to them through Sharona, so they did all kinds of things to make her think she was crazy and to discredit her in the process. When they are able to find the original rough draft in Sharona's handwriting, the couple's fate is sealed. Yes. That is Mr. Monk and the Girl Who Cried Wolf. So, what did we not like about this episode? I only have two things, so. Um, I don't like that she, like, blames her dad and Monk for her insanity. Yeah, so she blames her father when she's in the session with Dr. Kroger. Mm. And then she's talking about that. And then at the end, she's like, I'm never going to forgive him. And he's like, your father? And she's like, Monk. Monk. And he's like, you know, it's not contagious, right? And she's like, well, all I know is I wasn't crazy until I started working for him. And I'm like, you just got done blaming your father. So how could it be Monk's fault and your dad's fault? That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, pick one. And so since this is my number one episode, the only other thing that I have is New Trevor. So this is season three, episode six. And then in season two, episode seven, we see the OG Trevor. And that's like the original one that like looks like him. That doesn't make any sense at all. But when this, every time this guy pops up, I'm like, whoa, new Trevor. Like that's a different guy. So the other one is like the OG. I don't know. Yep. But that's it. This was, yeah, this was my, in like, in my original, like, list list, this was my second close to first episode. Yeah, because, so yeah, yeah our, our top two were switched, so it worked perfectly for the draft. Yeah. So there was no fighting over exactly. the number one episode. Um, the reason that I definitely, definitely love this episode so much is Biddy Shram is just superb, okay? Like, I don't use that word often, but... When you're talking about somebody's acting, like, I feel like Tony yeah. Shalhoub falls under that category. I feel like this is where exactly. Biddy Shram, like, meets him in this episode. And he doesn't even have, I mean, he doesn't do anything in this episode. It's yeah, all no. her. It's not like she's playing off of how great of an actor he is or anything. She holds her own through this whole episode. Even with Dr. Kroger, Dr. Kroger is basically being Dr. Kroger, he's not doing anything yeah. amazing either, but the way that she just portrays that... It's all Girona. Yeah. The way she portrays that, like, hurt, and she starts crying about her dad, and she, like, she looks like, I mean, just, obviously, this is her character, she looks like crap. Like, the mm-hmm. whole episode, like, she looks physically exhausted. She looks exactly. like someone who can't sleep because she thinks she's going crazy. What's so weird is like her outfits are perfect. Her hair is like her outfits and her hair they look totally normal to me, but it, it's all in her face. Yeah. Which her her makeup is a little smeared. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. My favorite like I think that one of the best acting that she did in the episode was the look in her eyes when she was in the classroom and she sees the dead guy yes. behind the teacher and she's like, there's someone behind you. And then when the teacher's like, where she doesn't move, she's standing there silently and it, she, it's just, I can only <laughs> dream of being able to do this, like this face thing. Yeah. It's, her facial features don't change. It's her 
eyes. They do something yeah. weird, and she's just mm-hmm. like, she's like, I, um, I'm just really I'm tired. Just really tired. <laughs> she leaves. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's oh so my good. god. And then also, like that, I I totally agree. That's probably that's probably the best one. But when she goes to get Adrian. And they go, both come running back in there. She's like hysterical, like, but not not yeah, not in a fake way, not yeah, like no. a ah, way. She's like, oh my gosh, open the door, open the door, open the door, and like, oh my gosh, like just thinking about it, it's just like gives you like little yeah. chill bumps because you're like, it's too good. It. And, it, and what sucks is like, I feel like this shows Biddy's like contribution to the show, and it always hurts to watch this one because it's so close to her leaving. It is. And that's probably, I feel like, I feel like this would be like an episode where you'd be like, yeah, they can't get rid of me. I'm good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then they're like, eh. And I'm like, I'm glad she got to show this off before she left. Expe- yeah, especially for her character. Like, Sharona is like one of my favorite, I think Sharona is like my favorite character. So I love this episode. I love Sharona and I just, I want to defend her. Yeah. <laughs> so this is actually where we're introduced to Harold Crenshaw. This is when they're arguing oh, about yeah. the magazines <laughs> in the waiting room. It is. Sharona's in there. And so that's where they meet. We already kind of talked about it, but mm-hmm. the magazines. And he's like, I'll see you in hell. Exactly. And then. I'll see you in hell. Like, I'll see you. Mm. Mm. He's and like, Harold. Yeah. Harold. <laughs> and then, no, because then he's like, he's talking to Adrian and Sharona for just a second at the end. And Harold has looking through the lattice <laughs> through the door. And he's just staring. <laughs> No, he's like he yells through the window. Oh yeah, he's like Harold, and he's like, mm, and this locks <laughs> off. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, also, Niecy Nash is so good. She's oh the, yeah. We've been quoting that lady all week since we watched <laughs> that episode. A friend has another obligation to tell another friend when, when someone he, thinks he's Kojak. <laughs> I'm like, I love her. Yeah, she's like, are you Adam? Are you Adam? It's like, no. no. He tries to shut the door. He's like, Anthony. Adrian? Adrian? No. no. That ain't it. I can't even read my own handwriting. Uh, a- Adrian. Oh, you were right. He's like, uh, oh, you have a, on your... And she's like, what is a monk doing staring yeah, at a woman's chest? chest. <laughs> like, oh, there's some... He's like, okay. I'm, not a, I'm not a monk. She was... I, she was something I slightly didn't like about the episode. I liked her, but some of the stuff that she did physically kind of made me upset because I sided with Monk. Like, when she sat on, on a counter. stranger's counter, I'm like, what? Yeah. Don't do okay, that. Okay, okay. So, I feel like this is, this is one of those things where I feel like the first time around, you're like, oh my gosh, like, lady, cool it. Every time you watch it, like, you know that, like, Sharona comes back in the end. So you're, yeah. like, more open to, like, huh, that's funny. She has the list of things that he's afraid of. And she's like, you're afraid of this, this. Milk? You afraid of milk? I got a two-year-old nephew. He ain't afraid of milk. <laughs> it's like, you must be very proud of you him. You must be very proud of him. For not being afraid of milk? That just means he's normal. That just means he's normal. You don't need this. Sharona has been treating you like a baby. I am going to treat you like a man. I know. And he's like, everything, don't do everything that. Everything else she did was funny. It was just a counter thing. I'm like, no sane person does that. Yeah, and then she calls Randy dishwater at the dishwater. end. It's like, uh, dishwater, you going to take me home. Here, take when me I home. get off at 530, I means I get off at 530. <laughs> and then they get into the car and she's like, okay. And he's like, what are you looking at? 
my eyes are up here. And also she's like, on three conditions. On three? First condition, y'all two back together. Because y'all are a perfect team. Monk and Sharona. That's how way it's supposed to be. That's so good. And then, she's so like, cute. that's not necessarily that funny, but I'm like, she's right. She's cute. That's how it's supposed to be. Yes, Monk and Sharona to together. And not me. And not, not me. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also really liked the plot. Yes. The plot I, it was really clever. It this was, is one of my all-time yeah. favorites. It's very well written. It's one of those episodes where you're like, what on earth is going on? Yes. You're like, yes. This doesn't make any sense. sense. Like, is she going crazy? Yeah. And also, I'm a sucker for a good English paper. I loved college English. I love regular English. I like writing papers. Dork. <laughs> um, so I love that. It was the English paper that tied it in. Yes. And they did, like, making her think she was crazy, like, moving her stuff around. That was pretty, that was actually pretty gutsy of them. I know. I thought it was kind of stupid for, I thought, I felt like some of it was kind of stupid, because. But, but, wait. It's smarter than searching on the web, poisons to kill husband. Oh, That's what people do. Like, they, it's like, they kind of went, like. Old school, like, okay, can't look up it on the internet, so we're going to make this woman think she's crazy, and no one would ever believe that because she's crazy. Exactly. Like, it's kind of, you know what I mean? It's kind of clever. Like, it's, you know how many people look up poison on the internet and then try to kill somebody? Like, that's stupid. So. That is stupid. Also, the packing paper was good, too. Oh, yeah. Like, just the little clue. Yeah, how she remembered that. Yeah. The sassy lady. Yeah. And then... My last thing, I don't want this episode to be over, but the final scene where Monk misses Sharona, and they're about to get in the car, and he kind of just looks at her, like, longingly, and she's like, what's what's wrong? And he's like, Mm -hmm. I missed you. And she's like, I missed you, too. Now get in the car. Now get in the car. And he's like, wait, wait, one more thing. Can I be the one with all the problems again? (laughs) And she's like, sure. Now get in the car. Now get in the car. They're both so happy and giddy to be back together. It's so sweet. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love this episode so much. Are you ready to hear Savannah's number one episode? I feel like it's going to be a lot of y'all's number one episodes, so let's give it up. Toby. Mr. Monk and the Kid. Yay. This is the 16th episode and the finale of season three. So in the opening, we see a foster mother named Janet Novak and her foster children playing in the park when she realizes that her foster son, Tommy, is missing. She calls the police and they search the park. Two-year-old Tommy is found safe, but holding a severed pinky. When Monk is called to the scene, he immediately takes a liking to Tommy and enjoys questioning him and retracing his steps through the park. Tommy is taken away from Janet and put into Mr. Monk's care. As for the pinky, they realize that it is from a 25-year-old Caucasian male violin player. This leads them to the home of Daniel Carlyle, and they find that he has been kidnapped and is being held for ransom. Adrian goes to deliver the ransom money for the family, but after his screw-up, they run out of leads. Monk gets his final clue when he discovers that Tommy had taken a lipstick out of Natalie's purse. Monk realizes Tommy must have taken the severed pinky out of Janet's purse. He gives his summation in the form of a fairy tale to Tommy where he states that Novak and her husband had taken Carlisle for ransom and cut off his pinky to send it to his family. 
Also, he recalls Janet saying, The kid found a pinky. What's the big deal? But the police had never released that information, that the finger was a pinky. The police bust the Foster family and save Daniel Carlyle. Monk realizes that he can no longer keep Tommy because of his own difficulties, and he says goodbye to him in the end. That's Mr. Monk and the Kid. My favorite episode. That, that, not only is it my favorite episode of the season, but this episode and another episode called Mr. Monk and the Dog, I think. Mm-hmm. They're very similar. Yeah, they're yeah. Very, they're super similar. Yeah. That's probably why they're both my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> they are like, but this episode is my absolute favorite because if I can remember right, this is the very first monk episode that I ever saw. But I thought it was really interesting, and I remember being so freaked out because I watched it from beginning to end, and. Little nine-year-old seeing a toddler holding a severed pinky really freaked me out. That would do it. So I was that that really stuck with me. I think that's why I remember the episode so vividly. But my, also my favorite uh, part when I was younger is the fact that his summation was in the form of a fairy tale. That's mm-hmm. what I remembered the most when I watched it as a little kid. Is I remember the art style. I liked how cool it was. I just remember the whole absurdity of it, and it made me super sad just watching it when I was little. But just, it was, it's nice. It's nice nostalgia, because this is the first introduction I had to Monk, and I really liked it. That's cool. I didn't know that. Let's see, what we didn't like is first, so the, is that caseworker? Like, she's kind of crazy. She gives Tommy to a single middle-aged man based on her, like, gut instinct. Like, he would have had to have gone through... Like, anything. Yeah, like, like, he would have had to have done paperwork. He would have had to have his home. Like, Like, (laughs) everything. All the things. There is no way. All the things that take a very, very long time to get a child into your house. There's no way any of those things were done. And there's no way they would have given him to Monk. He has a track record. He has, like, he has paperwork. Of his mental illness. Yeah. They would not give a baby to him or, like, a toddler. But even for, like, two weeks, though, like, why would somebody not just go back into the, to the, like, orphanage for two weeks or whatever? Exactly. Like, I don't know. Eh. It was, it was weird whatever. to me. Oh, well. Also, kind of to go off of that, a lot of the stuff that Monk does with the kid is funny, but again, not suitable to be a foster parent. Yeah, like, no. Like, he can't change a diaper. Yeah. He makes the kid wear a helmet. And the a kid's bunch wearing of a jacket where yeah. he's sweating. Like, that's not right. And then the questions that he asks the lady, like, he's like, okay, what do I do with him when he wakes up? How do I love him? How do I love like, him? Again, all these things are cute and nothing to take away from Monk or really the episode, but just the realism of it. Exactly. Again, like, it's it takes nothing you to out. do with, like, the content or whatever, but it's like when you're looking, when you're dissecting it in this way, you're yeah. like, yeah, but that wouldn't happen, that so... Happen. You just have to kind of take it for what it is, because the episode's really good. So exactly. it's like, if they didn't give Monk a kid for two weeks, how else would he have gotten one? You know what I mean? So it's exactly. like, it's like it is what it is. I have a feeling you don't have anything else that you didn't like. Uh, Do you have anything else you didn't like? Uh, yeah, I don't think I had anything else that really bothered me. So... My last thing, because I only have one more, and it wasn't yeah. even my number one, so I figured you probably didn't have anything, but 
I don't really like the locker room scene. Oh, yeah, no, I don't like that. I, I, I don't hate it, but I could have done without it. Well, I think it's really long. Yeah, that whole scene anyway, just the scene of him taking the money... To like the ransom money. Oh yeah, that just like, that took too that, long. It took way too long. I was like, this isn't this isn't that funny. I'm just stressing out. And we want to see the kid. Yeah, I want to see the more of the kid see, guys. Like if they had shown like Tommy spilling the grape juice and Julie trying to clean it up, that yeah. would have been so much better than watching that scene. Instead. I know. I was like, I and just then want he throws the, the money to the wrong person. So you're I like, know, that was pointless. Yeah, I'm like I could definitely live without that. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no. But that's my last thing that I didn't like. So, what did you like? I loved all of it. <laughs> I loved, oh, uh, okay. My favorite, I think, aside from the storybook uh, summation, I really liked seeing Monk bond with the kid. I loved how he, I loved how instant the connection was. Because it, it really showed me how much of a kid Monk actually is. Like, he's still a kid on the inside. And so, I liked to see him play with him. I liked, or, no, no, we don't put that in our mouths. That, that's nature. Nature dirty. Say it with me. Nature, nature dirty. dirty. And so the little boy just, nature, nature dirty. dirty. That, that's right. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, Here, here's why to keep this and put it in your pocket, okay? Mm-hmm. He gives him a little white. That's so cute. Or when they're showing Monk that he has to have his pant leg even with his other pant uh-huh. leg or he has to separate his food mm-hmm. what i love the most is his willingness to take the kid and also during the summation i love how gentle he is with tommy and he's just cuddling him while reading him a storybook of what actually happened and one thing that i found so weird is that Tommy understood him during the summation more than he ever did when anyone else was talking to him. Yeah. Because he's basically, like, not very verbal. Yeah. But he was laying there when he looked... I forgot what he asked Tommy. He said, that's where you found uh, the finger. finger. And he goes... He yeah. nods. He just has, like, this little... He, he oddly has a serious look on his face for a toddler. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, nods. And yeah. I just thought that was a very intelligent part for Tommy and I just thought that that was really cute also just Tommy in general he's cute he's small tubby and he toddles he's a good actor he is that's the best child actor ever like little baby actor like kids can act when they're that old that was crazy I know I had all kinds of like lines and cues and all kinds of stuff I was like they must have got like a four-year-old that looks like a two-year-old or something, because that is yeah, weird. That kid. That kid was like on point. The understanding of you found the figure in her purse. How, child? That was. Uh, um, mine is my my first thing is at the very beginning, when they're trying to recount what happened, uh-huh. and Stottlemyre's trying to catch them up, and he's like, "All right, so his name is Tommy. He's two years old. Um, twenty-two months." Uh, okay, thanks, Randy. Thanks, Randy. Okay, um, and his mom, no, his his guardian. Okay, um, all right. He was missing for about ten minutes, fourteen minutes. He's like, all right, could you stand over there? there? Could you stand over there? And then he's like, uh, okay. So he goes and stands over there, and then he's like, yeah. And this happened about f- uh, four hours ago. And Randy's like, yeah, it happened about four hours ago. 
And he's like, I just said that, Randy. <laughs> just Stottlemyre has a way of saying it to where he does, Stottlemyre doesn't open his mouth when he, he talks. talks. He's like, so he's like, I, I just, just said, said that, Randy. Randy. And I was <laughs> It's so funny. Oh, I'm so good. He's just a little. I love. I love Tommy. Yeah. He just has his little finger. And then yeah, it's kind of gross. I but know. then uh, okay, so then Monk, when he meets Tommy for the first time, he bends down and he's like, um, "I'm a consultant for the police department. Do you understand consultant?" Natalie's Natalie. like, "Mr. Monk, he doesn't understand consultant." And he's like, "Um, it's kind of like an adjunct." Monk, I don't know what an adjunct is. <laughs> and it's Stottlemyre. He's like, I don't even know what that is. And then they're walking and holding hands. And they're he's so like, cute. I was married to Trudy. Aww. She was killed by a car bomb. <laughs> like, I don't even. Does he actually say that? I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't he remember might, He either. probably said something like that. Yeah. She was murdered or she was killed, killed or something like that. Yeah. But he's telling her. He's telling Tommy about Trudy. It's so cute. Oh, I just noticed something. Tommy's blonde like Trudy. Oh, yeah. True. Um, and, of course, the 901 call. Oh, gosh. BM. 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 It's BM. It's BM. It's everywhere. Sarah, so you're going to have to change your son's diaper. <laughs> you have to stop saying BM. You have to stop saying BM. It's There's more. There's more. There's more. <laughs> number one? It's number one. Oh, and it's number, number two. two. It's number three. Oh, God. It's number, number three. three. Uh, sir, do you have any wipes? Yes, wipes. I have two thousand wipes. wipes. Okay, that should be fine. That should be fine. It's not gonna be enough. It's not gonna be enough. <laughs> sir, you have to wipe your son's bottom. This line is for emergencies only. <laughs> I just want to know how. How did he fix that? How, what did he do? Oh my gosh! I know. I oh my gosh! I don't. I can't even. He probably had tongs and like oh no. There's no way he's touching that with his hand. Well, hazmat suit. There's no way. No. Um. Okay. I think we're on to the sad stuff. Oh yeah. So Adrian's face when he's in Doctor Kroger's office and he realizes that he wouldn't be the best choice yeah. for Tommy. Oh my gosh! Like if you watch just that part, because he's he's actually kind of smiling. They make, like, a joke or something, or he's like, oh, Julie said he was just like me. And oh. they're like, oh, haha, that's funny. And then his face drops, and he's like, when he realizes, like, yeah, I don't want him to be just like me. Like, and it's yeah. so sad. And he's starting to say, like, he won't give him up. That's when his face drops. Yeah. He's like, he's just like me. And then Dr. Kroger's kind of, like, smiling and look at him, and then he's like, I'm not giving him up. And he's like, Adrian, he's like, I'm not giving him up. That's so sad. And then at the end of the summation, he's, like, saying, and then Mr. Monk realized that he can't take care of the prince because Mr. Monk can barely take care of himself. I was bawling like a little baby, and I was watching it with two boys, (gasps) and they were crying, too. Oh. And it's so sad. Tommy's sad, too. Like, he doesn't get it, but he knows that Mr. Monk is sad. And then, well, because he's asleep at the end of the summation, and then Mr. Monk kisses him on the head. Mm. So, I feel like, ugh, I called it a silver lining, but I don't really know if that's what it would be, but it's like, because Mr. Monk learns 
to like let him play with nature and he's even like rolling around with him on the ground so but this means he could have learned to be a good parent it does and it seems like tommy like took his quirks down like trudy did because it's like he's comforted by Tommy and he knows that he needs to do it for Tommy. So both of those things combined make his quirks go down. He's rolling in the dirt. He's letting the kid, he's like, you know, he's, he's just a kid. Let him get dirty. Yeah. He said, let him get dirty. Kids should get dirty. Yeah. And so it's like, it's like, it's like a silver lining because you're like, oh, Mr. Muck can be a good parent or he could be a good parent uh-huh. or he would have been or whatever. And it's like, but also like, yeah, he could have been a good parent, so he could have had a kid because exactly. he was being be better. better. But now he's like, he has to just go back to being his normal self. When it was oh. kind of making him better. I don't know. I don't know. I think I just think it's still good, though. I, I'll just keep it yeah. a silver lining since exactly. that's it. <laughs> but um, I'm done with it, are you? Yeah. Okay. So that was Absolutely. Savannah's number one episode, Mr. Monk and the Kid. All right, on to our last segment here. We're going to talk about the highest point for Monk this season and the lowest point for Monk. So let's start with the low one since it's the low and you don't want to end on a low note. So the lowest point, I think, throughout the season is Mr. Monk takes his medicine. Mm -hmm. Because in this episode, there's not really... A lot of highs. It feels like the entire episode within itself is just a low yeah, for Monk. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, you could argue that, oh, well, when he's the Monk, he's high. But no, he's not. Yeah. That's not him. Yeah. If anything, he's just high. He's lower when he's like that because he's hiding his real self. His true self is, like, asleep. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. When you, think, when you put it that way, it's kind of like, yeah, it's not really him. And like, if it is him, he's a jerk. So you don't yeah, want it to be him. Exactly. So like, yeah, when he's supposed to be at his high, he's a huge jerk that nobody likes. So that in itself is like a low point. Like, can you imagine like someone's like, okay, worst comes to worst. You can take this medicine and you take the medicine and it makes you where nobody likes you even more than they already didn't like you. Yeah. Like that's the whole phrase of I'm afraid of change and I'm afraid of not changing mm-hmm. because exactly it changed him so much that he became a jerk. Yeah. Like, like can you imagine being like okay this is my I'm not going to ask for help or I'm not going to yeah. take medicine and you're like okay I'm so depressed I'm going to take this medicine and then it makes me worse and that's why exactly. he's afraid of change I know. so like yeah that's really sad and then not to mention just him being he calls himself a broken machine and he's so depressed he and like he's tired he says he's tired of being himself he envies everybody else and yeah it's that's mm. it's and ah like i know i talked about this before but the scene where they leave him at the pool i i hate oh. it that pool scene is so sad. I hate that. When I see it coming up, I'm like, ugh, this is the worst part of this episode. Like, this is so, like, this episode's so sad anyway. You've got the Trudy scene where he's crying with her and everything, and that's the saddest part because it's like everyone is leaving him out. Like, up to this point, everyone's just kind of been like, okay, Monk, all right, like, cool it. And exactly. then that that's the point where he realizes, like, yeah, I'm a jerk. He goes back to the motel room and tries to smell the pillow and he can't smell it 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, I lost Trudy and she's gone with my Oh, Oh my gosh. I always have to skip that part. This is, this is a pretty low episode, so. Yeah. That's the monk low, and let's do the monk high. Okay, so I think with the high, we're going to go with the jig. When Mr. Monk gets fired, well, of course, him getting fired is, is a low spot, but one of the things is he gets another job, like, Right yeah. on the spot. I mean, he goes He goes to this interview. He does great. So you know, like, hey, even if he wasn't a t- detective, he could still be productive in society. He could still get a job. The lady liked him, yeah. the interviewer. Like, she seemed to think that he was cute or whatever. She gives him the job. And then he's still, like, he. of course, he's disappointed with the job because he just wants to be a cop or exactly. whatever. But when Sharona goes into the living room and she's, like, all mad at him for getting his new job yeah. and he's like, I'm sorry. She's like, no, 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 I really am proud of you. I'm proud of you. And he's like, I just want to be a detective I again. I just want to just want to do my job that I know I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And then he sees the newspapers and he's like, oh, I solved the case. I solved the case. And then he just starts... Doing this little jig, and he's wearing his pajamas, oh, and yeah. his, he's barefoot, <laughs> and so he kind of like lifts up his like little pants, and he just does his little jig, and jiggity jig, and it's so good. I love it. Um, we actually did an Insta story the other day. Did you see it? Yeah, John I saw did the jig. It. He's like, I'm doing a jig. I'm doing a jig. Yeah. Like that's like, not a jig. <laughs> that's that's not a jig. I don't know what that is, but that is that's not a jig. jig. It's like. <laughs> His little noises. All right. I think we're done with season three. Um, Let's do... Do you have any final thoughts about season three as in, you know, comparison to the seasons we've done so far or... Um, um, I mean, you can go further, a little bit further if you want to as far as comparing it to other seasons. I I don't really mind. Um, You know, just as far as a whole. Uh, I think out of the ones that I've done, I think I like the third season better. I like the third season because it's the best of Girona, but it's also where she leaves, and it's just kind yeah. of bittersweet. Yeah. And Natalie is great, too. Like, I do love Natalie, but it's just, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to transition to that, especially when we just got so much out of her. Yeah. But yeah. the episodes were great. I found it really hard to make the list, because I was. didn't, I didn't hate any of the episodes. Like... There's only like the only one that I I strongly dislike is the Cobra one, mm-hmm. but I've always I've always felt that way yeah. about just that particular episode. So, That's how I but... felt about the election. Yeah, if the if the character from if the guy from Supernatural wasn't in the Cobra, I probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> probably would not like it. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I mean not to be a downer, but I want to be honest. It's better than season one, but I don't think it's as good as season two. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I make my list for season two, um, I'm just trying to, I'm replaying in my head what me and John talked about, but like, you've got like the three pies, he yeah. gets married, he goes to the theater. I'm still upset I didn't get to review the theater. Yeah. <laughs> the theater is, oh my gosh. I don't know if you you probably haven't listened to it, but we basically recite like every single line <laughs> I from the. I showed that to my friends the and they loved play. it so much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like I mean it's just just you know just my honest opinion. I feel like the second season is a little bit stronger, but again, this season is so unique with the crossover between Sharona and Natalie that it's like, 
I mean, what do you really expect when you're trying to introduce a new character? Like, even like you said, Sharona's on her way out and she has her best performance of the entire show. Exactly. And it's like, where else in, you know, what other episodes could they have done in that season that could have showed off more of her acting chops or something, you know? And it's like, well, right smack, literally in the middle of the season, she's gone. And they have to bring someone in and reintroduce a new character and try to get people used to this new character. And for that, it's a good season. Yes. It could have been like, wow, what the heck was going on? This season is, you know, terrible. Yeah. But that's that's not really even the case. when that's Because uh-huh. we kind of considered at first, we were like, well, should we do a, like a Sharona side and a Natalie side and then exactly. compare those to themselves? But it did, again, it didn't really matter... All the quality episodes, you know, my top one had Sharona in it. Like, exactly. your top one had... Did your top one have Natalie? Natalie, yeah. Yeah, your top one had Natalie. My bottom one had uh, Sharona and your one had Natalie. My bottom one had Natalie. Natalie. Or something like... Yeah, so it's like... You know what I mean? It's like, it didn't really... It didn't really make or break any of the episodes, uh, which it could have. It definitely could have. Yeah. It could be like, wow, all the Natalie episodes are terrible. All the Sharona episodes are terrible. Like... But that's it yeah. happened. And what's weird is like my bottom episodes because all like almost all my bottom episodes were the ones with Natalie in them. But it wasn't because of Natalie. It was other yeah. reasons. It was other reasons. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't Natalie. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah. So overall, another. I mean, another great season. It's, we still have great moments. Still have great character relationships. Monkey is still great. Tony Shalhoub, love him to pieces. We will see you guys. Uh, maybe Savannah one day can come back for a guest spot on one of our regular episodes and we can dive deep into, you know, a single episode somewhere in the future. Yes. Maybe if you pick one out that you really, really love. Maybe the dog one or something. Oh, I love Come the back dog or something one. like that. The I don't know. We'll see people. Um, do you want to give people a, a handle or where um, they can find you? Or how's, how's school going anyway? Like School's going okay. I just got my spring break extended to two weeks. Uh, and then COVID. they're talking. Yeah, they're talking yeah. about taking it online, and I'm like, please don't. Yeah, please don't. I would. Hate I that. paid. Oh, I would hate that. I paid for it in person. I'm taking a math yeah. class and an acting class. Yeah, that's rough. That COVID nineteen people, you stay safe. Stop no matter what. hoarding the stuff. <laughs> Stop hoarding everything. Stop hoarding the toilet paper. You're not gonna. It use doesn't it all. make any sense. <laughs> You're destroying the economy. No, whoa, Stop whoa, okay, buying the all meat. right. Okay, so guys, just stay safe and um, yeah, it's a it's a jungle out there. So we'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Junk Monk Podcast. We love to hear from you, so please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us at Junk Monk Podcast on Instagram. If you want to know more about Candice, she is at Hardens and Hardhats on Instagram. And if you want to know more about me, you can find me on Instagram at Blade underscore Chan. That's C-H-A-N-888, where you can follow my cosplay content. Don't forget to subscribe to our show. You'll thank me later.